But uh, how's it going? Oh, that's all right, isn't it? You hear me all right? Yeah, thanks for having me again and for having me in your new place as well. It's great to be here. You're in. That's really exciting. And um, yeah, God's going to be leading you in this place, isn't he? You can, I'm, I'm looking around, starting to imagine all the ideas you get to do because it's your place. And uh, that's going to be exciting. You get to do stuff uh, any time of the week. And uh, it's a great thing to have uh, a building to operate out of, isn't it? Um, so I'm Dave. I'm from Citygate Church in Bournemouth. And wow, I've been struck by some of the stuff God's been saying already about laying down agendas. And I do have a little bit of a plan for this morning and what we're going to learn about. Um, but it's fairly baggy as well. Um, I normally like to have a passage of the Bible open. I really believe in doing that and, and teaching it thoroughly and really well. I haven't got that this morning. Um, instead, and we are going to be looking at scripture, don't worry. It's not going to be all about my words, but we are going to be thinking about big questions. And I want to give us the opportunity this morning to ask some questions and to go to God's word together a little bit and see what we can dig up to see what answers uh, we can find from him in his word. But it's but it's blank because I don't know what you're going to ask. Um, and I don't know what God's going to say. It depends what you want to know. And so I've not come prepared with an agenda of things I want to impart this morning or anything like that. Um, apart from to encourage us, and I hope what we'll do will be helpful, to encourage you with the questions you've got, that God does want to speak to you about your questions. He has got some answers for you. Um, and I'm holding in my mind that other word that was brought about mystery as well. Sometimes there are things he doesn't want to, for whatever reason, explain. Right now, there's mystery. There's lots that he's not ready to reveal just yet. And there's lots that he already has. So there's a there's a balance there, isn't there? We can have some questions answered and we're going to have to live with some unanswered ones as well uh, and still trust God um, that he's good. And uh, we don't always know the answers that we would like to know, but we can know him. So. um, Yeah, does that sound helpful? So we're going to ask some questions. We're going to answer some questions. And it's not just about the questions in the room. It's about um, questions that aren't yet in the room, questions your friends have, questions your families have, your colleagues have, people you kind of wish were in the room because you'd love them to know God like you know God through Jesus. And they've got questions, too. How can you help them with their questions? Some of what we do today will be equipping you, helping you to answer people's questions. And another thing I want to leave you with today is what questions can you ask them? Uh, Because sometimes people are helped closer to Jesus, not by having their questions answered, but by being asked good questions and listened to. Um, Christians need to be good at that, I think, in helping people take steps closer towards Jesus. So what good questions can we ask? I'm going to give us some that we can take away and we we can be armed with some good questions. Um, and not just good answers. So does that all sound like it might be useful this morning? I hope so. Um, It's all about that. So what we're going to do to start with is pray. Why don't we just ask God to help us with this? Father, I want to thank you so much that you have all the answers. There's nothing you don't know. And I thank you as well, Lord, that you've chosen in your wisdom not to give us all the answers. But you've chosen us to give, you've chosen to give us yourself. 
and you've asked us to, you, you make it possible that we can know you personally and you ask us to trust you for the things we don't yet know. Uh, Lord, thank you. We know someone who knows everything. That's you. And we can, we can be with you when there's things that we don't know. And we can know your presence with us when there's things we don't know. Uh, Lord, thank you that you're the revealer of mysteries and thank you, Lord, that you're beyond our comprehension as well. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd guide us this morning. Thank you. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Your ways are higher than our ways. And yet, Lord, thank you. You want to speak to us and show us stuff as well. So teach us, Lord, I pray. As we look into your words, I know you'll be speaking. You always are when we look at your words. And I pray you'd help us as we do that. Help us with what we really want to ask from you this morning. And help us to be useful to other people who are asking questions as well. Amen. So, here's, here's what's going to happen then. So I've got a video that I'm going to play you and it will help you to think of what you'd really like to ask God this morning. I guess everyone in the room has probably got at least one question they'd really love to ask God. Um, and so what we're going to do, it's hard to think of that question sometimes when you put on the spot like this, isn't it? So this video will help you. It will give you lots of ideas about what you might want to ask about, what uh, what your question might be. You might know it already. Um, but, but if not, the video will give you some ideas. There's some paper flying around as well. You should have a little piece of paper to write on. Um, if you haven't got a pen, I've got some pens as well. And so what's going to happen? I'll, I'll give this these pens out. We'll play the video. You'll have a chance to write down questions and we'll pop them in the box. OK, and then what's going to happen is I'm not going to answer them all. That's one thing that's definitely going to happen. It's, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, but we'll have a look at some of them and I'll give us a few tools as well that will help us um, go to God's word with our questions and find out what he says. So we'll each be able to take away um, a bit of confidence and some tools and some ideas that might help us get into the Bible and find God's answers for our big questions. Um, we'll have a go at answering a few uh, together as well, I think. Um, yeah, so who needs a pen? Great stuff. Let me, am I allowed to throw stuff? Oh, do you need a pen? Yep, a pen. Oh, this is some pens there. Oh, sorry. One there. There we go, a pen there. Great stuff. All right, any more pens needed over there? Cool. Great stuff. Anyone else need a pen? No? Oh, yes. Anyone else? Cool, is everybody, everyone's penned up? Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, let's watch the video. It'll give us some ideas. We'll write things down. At the end of the video, there'll be a couple of minutes, don't worry, to keep writing if you want to keep writing. And uh, we'll give ourselves a couple of minutes after the video just to keep writing and popping things in the box. And then we'll see what we've got from there. Here we go. Oh, it's not clicking on for me. Sorry. Do you see the world 
understood where you stand, where you stand today. I've stood where you stand, but oh, can you wait? So I'll give us um, a little bit of extra time. If, you, if you've written your question already, feel free to come and uh, where should I put this box? So I'll leave it at the front, somewhere here. All right, on that chair. If you've, already, if you've already done one, feel free to pop it in the box. They don't have to have your names on or anything like that. It can be anonymous, that's okay. And if you need a, a minute or so just to keep writing, feel free to do that as well. And uh, when you're ready, pass it along, it can go in the box. Um, Whilst we're doing that, yes, yeah, you can, absolutely, yeah, they can be absolutely personal to you, um, so that you wouldn't find a very specific answer in the Bible, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, those those absolutely can go in, and I guess those won't be the ones that we find an answer for in the Bible this morning, but... 
it's important to ask them and give them maybe putting that one in the box is a way of giving that to God. There will be some helpful stuff for those questions as well this morning as well, though, I think. So um, <laughs> I thought you meant for a minute personal ones about me. <laughs> ask me about what I've been up to. Um, you can ask those too. I might not answer them. Um, I want to show you this. Some people have had a go at summarising God's big story. What's it all about? What's the whole Bible all about? What's the whole of life all about? What is God trying to do? What's his plan? Uh, what's, what's his agenda? We've heard about agendas this morning. What's his agenda then? If we're supposed to tear ours up and go with his, what is his agenda? What's his big one? And they've had a go and they've done it in four pictures. They've, made, they've tried to make it really simple. I think it's really helpful, so much so, I wear these four little pictures on my wristband all the time. And I want to show them to you because it will help us think about how we begin to answer some of these questions, I think. So, number one, God loves us and created us to know him personally. Oops, I'm trashing everything around here. Number two, we are separated from God by our sin. Number three, Jesus died on the cross as God's only solution for our sin. And four, each of us must decide to trust and follow Jesus. Only then can we know God's love and forgiveness. They've, they've really boiled it down. What does a person really need to know about God's big plan so that they can be part of it? And I think they've done pretty well. I think I find this really, really helpful. So why am I giving us this this morning? Well, two reasons. Number one, if you're here and you're not yet a Christian, you're not yet trusting and following Jesus, enjoying a relationship with God through him, you're not, that's not yet you. If that's you, then the first reason I want to share this this morning is this is the really good news that as Christians, we'd love for you to hear and to believe and to take action on. You can say, um, if you can say yes, 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 yes to these, then today might be the day you really need to say that to God and begin a relationship with him. Um, and if not, then you've probably got questions about that. And those are the questions that would be really great to ask. Um, there's still time. You can scribble it down and pop it in the box or talk to one of the guys here who say they know Jesus. They'll be able to help you as well. The second reason I really want to share this with us is I think it really helps us begin to think about what God might want to say about our big questions. Because usually, not always, but usually people's biggest questions fall into one of these four areas of God's big plan that he's doing with the whole world. Uh, so, for example, if there's a question about suffering, why does God allow suffering? Which, I mean, which part of God's big story is that going to be part of, do you think? Any thoughts? Separated from God by sin, absolutely. The answer is going to have something to do with this sin problem and the havoc that it's wreaking in our world, that that our world is not as it should be. There is something wrong and broken with it and, and with each of us too. It's the, the suffering question, um, it's not going to be a straightforward or simple or easy answer. And, and the answer is not going to get rid of suffering either, even if we answer that question really well. People are still going to be suffering, but it's going to have something to do with that, isn't it? Um, what if someone asks, do all religions lead to God? That's a common question. 
do all religions lead to God? Um, which part of God's big story is going to help with that one? Any ideas? The cross. Yeah, the cross. It says Jesus died on the cross as God's only solution for our sin. Um, those aren't words straight from the Bible, but it's summarizing stuff Jesus said a lot, like John 14, 6. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If he's right, and I believe he's right, I follow Jesus, I trust him. If he's right, then all religions, no, they don't lead to God. Only Jesus does. That's a big claim he made. He's either right or wrong. I think he's right. And so my answer to that question will be, no, they don't. Only Jesus does. And you need to investigate him. It raises questions for a person, doesn't it? Well, who is Jesus then? Could he be right about that? Um, should we trust him? And so do you see what I'm, do you see what I mean? Most of our questions, and maybe you can begin to think about the question you've asked this morning. Maybe you can see it, which ballpark it sort of fits into. It might not give you a clear answer straight away, but it will help you, I think, to think, what kind of thing is going is God going to be wanting to say to me about my question because of his big agenda, his big plan that he's doing? The thing I feel I want to ask is probably about what he's doing. Um, and, and it's going to fit into that somehow. Does that help? Uh, it helps me a lot. Um, when I'm with a non-Christian and they're asking a question about God and things, I'm often thinking about this and I'm thinking, which part of God's good news does this person really need to know because of this question? Which part of God's big story is their question about? Because I, I really believe everybody's big questions are pointing them to their greatest need, the relationship with God through Jesus. And so the things we feel we want to ask are pushing us towards, sometimes they're pushing us towards what we really need to ask because it's not quite the right question yet. But it's about what God is doing. It's about the big agenda. Um, our biggest questions. And so we can help ourselves a little bit by categorizing. Um, I hope that helps. So let's see what we've got in the box, shall we? Because what I'd like to do is just, we've given a couple of examples, haven't we? But it'd be interesting just to see what's in the box. And maybe, oh yeah, if there's more to go in, do you go for it? So my plan is to put ourselves on the spot a little bit. So it's us, not me. Um, I might have a little go at just trying to sort of think through with us how we do this. But it'll, this is to sort of help you go and do lots more of this yourselves. Is that, does that make sense? Because I know a bit, but I don't know everything, obviously. Um, so let's have a look. Is it always right to pray for healing? Is it always right to pray for healing? Just think about those four. So get them back up. So straight away I'd be thinking this over this overlaps overlaps a few, doesn't it? <laughs> um, the fact that there are people who need healing is part of number two, isn't it? The fact that people are sick. In this world, part of what God wants to say to us about that will be about sin and what it's doing make it, uh, and the fact that we're living in a fallen world and people are ill. Um, I think of 
uh, the end of the Bible as well. The new heaven, the new earth and a place where there is no more sickness, no more death. That's going to be relevant too, isn't it? Um, so the, there's a division that's experienced now that won't be experienced then. There's a brokenness experienced now that won't be experienced then. This is all scene setting, isn't it? If we're thinking about God's big story, this is all, okay, let's see our question within the big story. Um, so right now there are, there are sick people who we can pray for for healing. Is it always right to do that? Um, we need to ask questions about prayer, don't we? What does God say we can pray for? What does Jesus encourage us to pray for, invite us to pray for? Um, and so there I'd be thinking of things like, um, Jesus teaching on praying and never giving up. He talks about the persistent lady who comes and wakes up a judge in the middle of the night, doesn't he? And he, and he says, I mean, his example is of a really bad judge, a grumpy judge who doesn't really want to help anybody. But because of her persistence in waking him up in the middle of the night, in the end, just so he can get a, a night's sleep, he says, all right, then I'll give you justice. And he's making a comparison between that and God. God is, an, is the perfect judge, loving as well, just, just and kind. And he wants to help people have justice. And so he says, it's a lot easier to get God's attention when you pray. He's always ready to listen when you pray. And so, but he's saying, don't give up. If, if you don't get what you want from God at first, you're allowed to ask again and again and again. You're allowed to keep asking again. As long as you want to, and I think that's the point, as long as you want to, you should feel free to ask again and again and again and again. And it might be that God will change and give you, change what you've asked for and change the situation and ask and give you what you've been asking for. Um, sometimes people have prayed, we probably have stories like this, don't we? People have prayed for years and years and years for something and God answers. And we look at that and we go, we don't we don't look at that and go, well, wow, their prayers not, must not have been very good for it to have taken so long. We we go, wow, what a faithful, faithful person who's been faithful in prayer in asking God all those years. And what a work God must have done in that person who prayed to be praying all those years. I wonder what their relationship with God is like after all those years of praying for that. I would imagine they're closer than they were when they started praying for that um is this some of this i hope is helpful um so i think the answer is yes it's always right to pray for healing if you want to i think that's the point if you want to you should sometimes people change their minds about what they want to pray for um so for example my wife chrissy has stopped praying for healing for her hay fever it's a small example. There was a long time where she would pray regularly for that because it, it was awful. She would pray regularly to be healed from that. And one day we know she will be. New heavens, new earth, no more hay fever. But right now, she's decided there's other things she'd rather pray for that just matter to her more. Um, and I think that's okay. So is it always right to pray for healing? I would say yes if you want to. Unless there's other things you want more. And you can, you know, your attention might be on those things. You might have, you might not realize that you've stopped praying for healing for something because you, your attention has been drawn to something else bigger. Or you might want to 
continue in prayer for that healing and not give up. And you should feel free. Does that make sense? My kids come to me, they ask for all sorts of things. Daddy, I want sweets. And they just, I don't always give them sweets, but I want them to come to me rather than go to another adult when they want sweets. Does that make sense? I want them and me to be close and to keep, feel free to ask for whatever it is that they want. Um, so yeah, I hope that's, I hope that's helpful. Um, let's give another one a try. So, uh, this, this is a question. I think it's basically asking what, what about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? It's a question about the Trinity, isn't it? So, which one is going to be helpful to us? Any thoughts? Which part of God's big story? I'd be going to the first one. God loves us and created us, created to know him personally. This is about who God is, isn't it? This question. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What does the Bible tell us about that? Um, and then, so you're, so it might help um, to think of this and to think of who God is at the beginning of his big story. Um, ultimately, you're going to be going to the Bible and looking for what the Bible says about the Father, about the Son, about the Spirit. Um, the Trinity, by the way, the word's not in the Bible, neither is the word Godhead, um, but those are words that people have come up with to summarize what the Bible does teach repeatedly about God. Um, teaches really two things, I think. The word Trinity is trying to summarize two things the Bible teaches clearly about God. Number one, there's only one God, and he is one. There, besides him, there is no other, it says. Um, says that in lots of ways again and again and again. The second thing the Bible says is the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. In lots of different ways, it says those things again and again and again. So there's only one God, and the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Spirit is God. And so you put those two together, and there's a mystery. What's God really mean? He's one. And the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. How does that work? And we've summarized those two really clear teachings of the Bible by using this word Trinity. Triunity is three and one put together uh, in that word. Um, I'm not answering everything about the Trinity, am I? Um, but, but this is the beginning. Um, we're asking, but it's good just to think, if we knew nothing else from God and we only had questions about the Trinity, this is where I'm at. This story needs to help us. God's big agenda needs to help us because he's, he's told us these things and we've got questions about Trinity and who he is, and that's good. But we can ask those questions with the knowledge that whatever it means that he's Trinity, he's created, created us to know him and love him. And we've been separated by our sin and he's died in our place for our sin to save us from it. And he's invited us to trust him. And it's good news. And there will be a day where we get to experience what he made us for. Perfect relationship with him. In the context of all of, of, all of that, my questions about Trinity. I, I, I want to ask them, but I don't have to worry. Does that make sense? I can have peace as I ask that question. So hopefully that's helpful too. Let's see what we've got. What if God is not real? Really helpful question. Which part of the plan would we think about there? Which part of God's big story? Any thoughts?
Or another way of asking it would be, how do we know God is real? What would make a person sure that God's real? I, I, again, I'd think about two of these. I'd go to the first one and think about that word created. Um, there's lots of different ways of answering this question, but th- the first two I would think of is creation and conscience in Romans chapters 1 and 2. So Romans chapter 1 talks about creation and creation being evidence for a creator and for people having no excuse not believing in God because of all this. Uh, my friend's answer to how do you know God's real was that was his answer. Out of nothing, regardless of time scales and processes and sequences of events and whether you believe in Big Bang or evolution or not, regardless of all of that, we know it came from nothing. Nothing. No science. The pre-science, pre-Big Bang, pre-evolution or whatever it was, pre, 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 all of that came out of nothing. How do you get anything out of nothing at all? Unless there's someone spaceless, timeless, uncreated, without beginning or end, incredibly powerful. I would say good and beautiful and things like that too. So there's a, there's a logic there in Romans 1 um, that I think pe- people are helped by. Um, conscience as well in Romans 2, it talks about why do we feel bad when we do stuff wrong? That's kind of strange if there's no God, don't you think? Why don't we just get on doing what we want Not and feeling fine? I, I think... God's given us a conscience. That's what Romans 2 says. God's law is written on people's hearts and it accuses them and even defends them when they do stuff right. Uh, and the second one I go to is Jesus on the cross. Um, so it's not just logical that there's a God because we got something out of nothing, but also that God has shown up in creation, Jesus, and he's turned up because God is a mystery, isn't he? You can't just go discover God like France or Mars or you can't just travel enough miles or rack your brain and figure him out. He's by nature beyond figuring out, by nature beyond traveling too. So to know anything about God with any certainty, he has to self-disclose. He has to reveal, turn up, show things, say things. That's Jesus. I think um, that's the God I follow. He's turned up. It's revelation or it's speculation. That's the only choice. We could, it's guesswork about God making stuff up or it's him showing up. And that's who Jesus claimed to be. So we really need to ask lots of questions about who Jesus really is. If we want to know whether God is real or not, that's, that's a, I'd point people to creation, conscience and Jesus to, to think about that. Um, let's do a couple more and then I'll show you something that you could go and do that would help. Why do people have to have sickness such as dementia and forget all they knew? Yeah, that's that's a heavy question, isn't it? A big one. We know which part of the story God will be wanting to teach us about from this, don't we? It's going to be that second one again. Sometimes questions make me think the answer is not what would help. That makes sense. I could, I could say an answer that would answer that question, and the need is absolutely still there for love and comfort and help and all of that. Um, 
the answer doesn't do that, but God does, I think. So, um, but the, the question is, why is it there? And the answer is number two. I think the answer is something to do with number two. Um, and number two is not the only part of the story, is it? We need to remember the whole thing. There is hope. There is a plan. And God loves us and wants us to know him. Um, what about devout followers of other faiths who never hear of Jesus? Yes, it's helpful, isn't it? So I've said something about all roads not leading to God necessarily. If Jesus is right, and I think he is when he says he's the only way. Um, but what about people who've never heard about Jesus? Um, there's a debate here. Not all Christians agree about this one. Um, I would go back to Romans 1 and 2 again that I mentioned before. Creation, conscience. Everybody gets those. Everybody gets those. Everybody gets creation. And so what Romans 1 says about people not having any excuses for not believing in God. Everybody gets that. So everyone knows, everyone has enough to go on from God to know that he's there because of creation. That's what Romans 1 is saying. Romans 2, I think, with the conscience thing is saying everybody also has enough to go on to know that they've been wrong and they do stuff wrong and they fall short and they they are not living as they should. Everybody has that conscience. I mean, we can ignore it and suppress it and and we go numb a little bit, but everybody has a conscience that tells them they do things wrong. So much so, just with those two things, that Christian missionaries have, have gone to places that have never heard of the name Jesus, and they've found certain people in those places, not everybody, but some, praying to the Creator for forgiveness. Because they know he's there from what's been made, and they know they're wrong because their conscience tells them. And so they're calling out to the Creator in hope that the Creator might be kind to them and forgive them and do something good for them or help they haven't got the Christian vocabulary at all. They haven't heard the name Jesus. They might have some other word for God. But they have the faith in response to what they do know from God. The faith response is they're calling out to the creator, whoever they are, for forgiveness, if they might. And they've got no assurance that he will. because They haven't heard all those promises. They haven't heard all the good news. They haven't heard about Jesus. Um and the Christian missionaries will often find those those people who already have expressed faith in what God has shown them are really quick to hear the good news and accept the good news and believe the good news. Um, it's not straightforward. I'm making it sound a little bit straightforward. It's complex. My question would, in response to this question would be, does God expect people to believe things they have not heard? And that's where Christians will debate. Um, I'm not sure that he does. There's only one name given to men under heaven by which we must be saved, the Bible says, and that's Jesus. It hasn't been given to all men yet. So let's give them the name of Jesus. Everyone, that's an urgent thing that needs to happen, evangelism. In the meantime, does God expect people to believe on, in the one in whom they've not heard? The Bible, says, the Bible asks it too. How can they? How can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And the thrust of that is you better go tell them because they need to believe. Um, so it's kind of an I don't know as well, that answer for me, because there's a debate there and I don't know it all. But that was that the last one. Did I say that would be the last one? Let's let's leave it there.
because um, I'm in danger of just waffling. So one tool I just want to give us is this: these four points. It's just to get the ballpark area of what God would want to say about our questions. We can see them fitting into one of those. God's answers from the Bible are going to be about his big agenda, what he's doing with people. Uh, I hope that helps us. The other thing we can do, there are lots of other things we can do if we want to find answers in God's word for our questions. Um, there used to be these books called concordances. Anyone used a concordance? Yeah, I used to. And people tend not to now because of the Internet um, speeding the whole thing up rather than having to thumb through a big book. Um, but you can do the same kind of thing. You can find bits of the Bible that you don't know are there yet. Uh, rather than rely on you having read it and remembered it lots. And it's good to read it and remember it lots. But if you haven't yet, you can find stuff that it says about the thing you're asking pretty quickly. There's a couple of ways you can do that. Number one, um, you could get a concordance, a great big book, and use that to look up words and things that you want to find out about in the Bible. Or you could go to BibleGateway.com. Hands up if you use BibleGateway.com already. Really helpful website. It's basically a search engine for the Bible and you can find in loads of different versions of the Bible, too. Um, and you can search and find things that you're looking for. Um, there's a less well-known website, which I use lots, called uh, Topical Bible. Anyone use Topical Bible? Yeah. And it's a very simple little website, but very clever. And you, so you might search for prayer. And it won't just give you the Bible verses that have the word prayer in. That's that's what a concordance type thing will do. That's what Bible Gateway will do. It will give you all the verses that are about prayer, whether they mention the word prayer or not. I don't know how it figures that out, but it does. And it gives you them in a list. And it then ranks the list of verses that it gives you in order of users who've used the website and voting them helpful on that topic. So the top verse will have like, 1,500 votes from people found this helpful on prayer. And it ranks them in order like that. So it's a really quick way of finding what are the helpful parts of the Bible on this topic. And you don't just have to search for one word. You could type in a question and it will have a go as well. Occasionally you'll type something in and it will go, ah, i got nothing. Sorry. Uh, but it's a really, really helpful website. If you want to find those bits of the Bible that you think might be there or you're not sure, what does it say about this or that? You could even type in your questions that you wrote down today and it will come up with something useful. Uh, it will find all the verses that might be relevant to your search. I find that really, really helpful. Can I give a warning with that as well? It's not as helpful as reading the Bible and learning it lots. It's still not as helpful as that. You just can't get a website to do that for you um, because that is discipleship. That's time with God. A website cannot do that for you. Um, and I find myself looking at those lists and going, yeah, it's still not the verse I'm thinking of. Because <laughs> um, there's this bit that's helpful and that bit that's helpful and this bit that's helpful. And it's just not been voted on, that's all, and that's why it's not in the list. So, so Bible Gateway, Topical Bible, and your own time with God in his words, in relationship with him, is going to be what helps you lots, I think, with, with this stuff. What about other people's questions then? Just quickly before we finish, um, are we about right on time, by the way? I haven't been watching. Um, just, we'll be done in a few minutes, I think. Other people's questions. I would love to encourage you 
to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. The 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer for the reason, for the hope that you have. And it says, do it with gentleness and respect. It's not about winning arguments, it's about winning people. Um, but I think we need to be better at asking questions than answering them. I really think that's true. We look at, it's incredible in the Bible that God asks questions. And Jesus asked lots of questions as well. And if you meditate on that for a moment, God asked questions. It doesn't make sense. Why would God, why would God ask anything? A question. Does he not know? But he asks not for his benefit, but for people's benefit every time he's doing it. And you see God in the garden with Adam and Eve doing that. Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are, he knows where they are, but he loves them. He's giving them an opportunity to own up and say, help, we're in trouble. Um, and Jesus, he's asked lots of questions. Often his answer is a question. Because he's interested not just in the question being asked, but the person who's asking it and their heart as well. He wants to sometimes expose wrong motives, sometimes help them ask a better question, I think. Sometimes he asks a question to show others who are listening something. He's so clever. He's so good at this. We can learn lots from looking at Jesus in the Gospels and how he uses questions to help people get to know who he is and what the kingdom of God is. So how can we ask good questions? Uh, And someone else said it this way. They said, in years gone by, people would have been quite happy to listen their way in to the kingdom of God. But these days, they're much more likely to talk their way in. I think that's so true. If If Christians can ask good questions and listen to people about Jesus, there'll be a need sooner or later to answer some stuff and explain some things. But I mean, we can't duck those forever. But often we jump to those. You need to know this. I want to explain this. And we haven't listened to the person where they are with God. We haven't asked God's question. Where are you? And listened. Um, That's important, too, when we're trying to lead people to Jesus, I think. Um, I've got some pieces of paper with me. Um, They're in my bag at the back. I'll get them out at the end. Uh, I've got 100 copies of 20 questions that you could ask friends. And um, it's questions like, uh, tell me about, if they don't believe in God, tell me about this God that you don't believe in. What kind of God don't you believe in? Oh, a a God that is like this and like that. And often you'll end up saying, well, I don't believe in that God either. Um, there's lots of questions. And you'll look at some of these and go, I could never ask my friends that. That wouldn't work. But some of them, one or two, might jump out at you and you go, oh, I could ask them that. Am I really interesting to see what they would say? Um, do you want to believe in God? Why or why not? Um, what do you feel is your purpose in life? Do you ever pray? How do you pray? Who do you pray to? If you could ask God a question, what would it be? Um, who do you believe Jesus is? What do you think is the main problem with the world? All, all these questions are sort of tying in a little bit with some of this stuff, aren't they? Um, but it's asking people what they think right now about some of these things. And it's a starting point. It's a, it's a spiritual conversation opener. Um, so these questions might help to ask really good questions. And, uh, and they'll have questions too. And if you, if you don't know, what should you say? I don't know. And uh, you can be honest if you don't know. And you can go find out the answer and you can get back to them and make sure you do. And that will help them too.
Um, I think it would be good to pray, wouldn't it? Why don't we stand? This has not been a particularly neat and tidy, coherent preach. I'm really aware of that. Um, we've not gone through a passage. And I didn't know what really was what I was going to say before I said it. But we've got questions and we've got a God who wants to help us. Why don't we pray? Lord, thank you again that you know everything. I pray for each of us that you'd help us to keep bringing our questions to you and not not just sitting on them, but help us to keep bringing them to you. Help us to be persistent in prayer, like that widow in the story you told, Jesus. Help us to keep coming to you, God, because you, like the disciples said when they were confused, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. You're the one we need to come to with our questions. Help us to keep doing that, Father, in prayer. Even when we're confused, even when we're hurting, even when we've asked a hundred times and there seems to be no answer, Lord, help us to keep coming to you with our questions until you give us new questions to ask or answers that we like. (laughs) Uh, Help us to keep coming to you. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to help others too with their questions about you and help us to ask them really good questions too. Lord Jesus, help us to learn from you. You're the master at this. Asking questions, exposing motives, inviting people closer. Lord, help us to be good at that. Help us to learn from you and have conversations with people in a in a normal way, on a normal day, about you, Lord Jesus, and invite people closer. Help us to be brave when it might be good to offer to pray for someone. We're not sure if they like that yet. Lord, help us to be courageous and sensitive. Help us to know when to shush as well and just listen to people. Father, give us great wisdom with this. Thank you. These answers, uh, these questions, sorry, just aren't, they're not hopeless. Because there is a God who loves us and knows it all and wants to be with us forever. Lord, thank you that there are good answers to every question. There are even if they're not to be known yet, because you are good and you know everything and you love us. Help us to trust you when we don't know. Amen. Thank you, Dave.